Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Nate. And this is Timeline Tapes, the podcast made by the YouTube channel Timeline. Here we take the documentaries and TV shows from our channel and turn them into podcasts. This week we're bringing you part two of one of our most heartbreaking documentaries, called Sexpionage, which looks into how East German Romeo spies used intimacy to gain government information from their West German lovers. If you missed part one, you can find it on our feed. Once again, the voice of the documentary is actor John Sim and it features first-hand interviews with a variety of former East German spies, as well as Gabrielle Kleem and Margaret Hike, who were both in relationships with Stasi Romeos. As some of these interviews were originally in German, there may be some overlap in the translations. With military precision, the HVA chiefs in Berlin had made Margaret and Gabrielle fall in love with their Romeos. They were now considered ready to start delivering secrets to the East. Three years into his relationship with Margaret Herker, Romeo agent Franz Becker felt she was ready to pass on information from the President's Palace. We just chatted about this and that, about certain people from my office. He just seemed to have a very general interest in it all. Her entanglement was engineered very carefully, very slowly. What she delivered in the early days or reported on didn't go beyond what any of us might tell a good friend or partner in casual conversation. But that was just the beginning. After two years of receiving this verbal information, he felt ready to ask her for more. Secret documents from the palace. Margaret had now been with him for five years and trusted him when he told her who he worked for. He never talked about secret services, of course. There was what he called the firm, which had its headquarters in Zurich. All I knew was that it was a right-wing organization. When he asked me to give him documents, I didn't say, of course, I'll do it. I just said, I'll see what I can do if I happen to find anything. I agreed, so he had something to offer the firm. Margaret began to smuggle top-secret government documents from the president's palace. What I took were just little notes which I could slip very easily into my handbag, or a thin carbon copy which I could fold up and hide in one of its compartments. I had a good relationship with my bosses, but this was a breach of trust no one would have thought I was capable of. I asked myself how France managed to bring me to this point. Even now I ask myself this. He told me I was helping him. I don't know, I just can't explain it. West Germany was at the front line of the Cold War. 
thousands of British and American troops were stationed there in NATO bases. All top secret reports on negotiations within NATO were sent to the West German president. This was the information the East Germans wanted. Margaret Herker gave it to them. Because of the situation at that time, the heightened tension between East and West, this information was extremely sensitive. It was rather like Big Brother looking over your shoulder at all negotiations between the alliance partners. Gabrielle Kleem's job at the US Embassy in Bonn gave her access to American military secrets. Her Romeo also developed a relationship to the point where she would trust him when he asked her for secret documents. He came up with a story. He said that he was working in Saudi Arabia and in African countries, and that his home office was in Munich, and that he worked for a company which was uh, collecting information on different levels, also economic levels, and to uh, and some kind of like a so-called think tank or database, which would be used to nurture peace in the world. Gabrielle was obsessed with detail and willing to believe anything. This sexual attraction, which nobody ever had had this, and this... Uh, I think this made me close my eyes to everything, and he just knew this. Having smuggled the documents out of the embassy, she would photograph them at home and give him the films whenever she saw him. I would have the films in the pocket of my coat, and he would hug me and, and put his hand in the pocket of my coat and take the films without ever saying anything. And then always looking at me like this father image and say, oh, yes, you did very well, child. Gabrielle's position at the US Embassy made her recruitment by the HVA a danger to the West. She was known to East German intelligence by her code name, Gerhard. The source Gerhard was one of the most important East Germans ever had in terms of the quantity of information and the extent of information that was being passed to East Berlin. She worked in the American Embassy, so had access to very important information. She worked in the very office where armed supplies and military maneuvers were coordinated between the West Germans and the Americans. Margaret was now regularly delivering secret documents to Becker, but their relationship changed. She was hooked on him, so he didn't need to spend as much time with her and insisted their affair be kept a secret. I never really had an address. I never really had a telephone number where I could call him. Right up to the end, I didn't. He always had some excuse or other why this had to be the case. And this was an impossible situation. Becker gave regular reports to his bosses back in the East on the state of the relationship. Teams of psychologists analyzed the reports and worked out how the relationship should progress. They wanted to keep their source happy at all costs. The task really was to keep things on the boil, re-inject vigor into the relationship. And we did this with interesting conversation, love, an expensive holiday. Some of these women couldn't have afforded it on their own, but the HVA footed the bill, and it worked. It bought time. The relationship could last another year. If the relationship showed signs of cooling, it was always warmed up again to motivate the woman. And this was always done according to a set plan. There was always something at the back of it all which I couldn't really put my finger on. He seemed divided, as if he had a job to do, and I kind of sensed this. Margaret thought of leaving him, 
but Becca had been well trained in using a woman's weaknesses to keep her. Whenever I tried to end the relationship, he'd come along and talk about all the good things, the good times. He'd always say that we needed one another, that we knew one another inside out, that we understood each other, and that's how he kept me. I don't want to talk badly about women, but women, they accept quite a bit if they are really in need for, for some relationships. Women are forgiving in general, if you don't overdo it. And you can play with a woman as long as you want. At the end, you open your shirt and shoot me. Oh, she will say, no, it's not that bad. It's true. Long stretches apart, secrecy. For Gabrielle too, life as the lover of a Romeo was never easy. I never really lived unless it was through him. So, so this was a horrible problem in all those years, and it, it, got, it got increasingly worse. You would think, oh, well, she didn't see him for five weeks, and she had a life in those interval periods, but I didn't. I didn't have any life. I didn't go out. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything what I wanted. Berlin couldn't risk Gabrielle becoming too unhappy. They couldn't afford to lose such a valuable source. She had to believe there was a future with her Romeo. Dietzel kept her by promising what she most wanted in the world. We were in Dusseldorf and walking along, and he lifted me up in front of a window so we could both look into our reflections. And he said, oh, we were such a beautiful couple, and we will get married next spring. Of course, I was ecstatic. I was dancing with joy. I thought, now I would finally have a life. Welcome back to Timeline Tapes. We've just learned about how in order to keep his most valuable source, Gabrielle's Romeo asked her to marry him. Six months later, Dietzel summoned Gabrielle to a cafe in Brühl. I, because I thought when we were going to get married, I, I was ecstatic with joy, and I thought that he would tell me, you know, something about the wedding plans. But Romeos were not supposed to marry their source. They lived in West Germany under a false identity, and marriage would involve too many checks. So he made his excuses. The wedding was off. I thought that maybe this relationship would now break up, you know, because it was, he had hurt me really not only so much, but too much. But the relationship did not break up. The trips to the Rhine and Gabrielle's spying continued year after year. Secret details of Western missile systems and NATO exercises were all passed on. It was the only way Gabrielle could keep Dietzel. He always played this fantastic role. He thought, of course, if you don't bring any more of those documents, my love for you will certainly not die, but I don't know how I could keep on seeing you. Of course, if he would have said, if you don't give me any more documents, bloody well, I don't come to see you anymore, then even I would have 
worked. But he always said, yes, I will do my, the most I can, but I don't know how I can do it. And then always oh, calculating and everything, you know. And that's how he got me to do it. That's, um... The man in Berlin had shaped two excellent sources. But their spying for the East was about to come to an end. The West German Secret Service, the BND, was now on the trail of both women. By 1985, Margaret Herker had been with her Romeo lover, Franz Becker, for 17 years. For 14 of those, she had been passing on secrets from the president's palace. But Becker had been identified as an agent by the West German Secret Service, the BND. While under surveillance, they noticed he saw a lot of Margaret. And then, of course, the alarm bell started ringing. Who is this? Is it his mother? Is it his girlfriend? Is it his sister? And then we discovered that Miss Herker worked in the president's office. And then, of course, the alarm bells really began to ring. Margaret's flat in Bonn was now put under surveillance. After several months, the West Germans had the evidence they needed. It was time to tell her boss, President von Weizsäcker. Uh, he was very skeptical. Suddenly, the head of counterintelligence comes along and says, Mr. President, one of your closest aides is an agent. And, of course, you have to have some very strong evidence to back that up. And I remember that President von Weizsäcker was very dubious. My impression at the time was that he was more willing to believe Miss Herkert than he was to believe me. But the evidence was overwhelming. Margaret was picked up from her flat and charged with espionage. She insisted her lover had worked for a peace institute in Switzerland. I really believed even then that it was an organization in Switzerland but the police didn't believe anything I said. In the whole world, there is no Swiss organization, whatever its political color, which would have been interested in the type of material that Miss Herker was handing over. And her claim that she didn't know what she was involved in, well, this is something all these people do to preserve their own self-esteem. She was not naive. She might have been clinging to the idea of doing something good or working for peace. But the fact that she clung to something like this is a sign that deep down, she knew exactly what she was involved in. For the first time, Margaret discovered that the man she had loved for 17 years had secretly been spying for the East. I only discovered later that he was already married when he was sent over here. That was a terrible revelation for me. I mean, the whole thing was bad enough. But the fact that he'd always gone on about how he was all alone in the world, without family, he could have spared me that, I think. While Franz Becker escaped to the east, Margaret was sentenced to eight years in prison for espionage, of which she served four. Well, of course, it was absolutely awful. I needed all the strength I had just to survive it. And if you ask me how I survived it, well, I really don't know. For Gabrielle Kleem, the end came in 1991. The Cold War and her affair with her Romeo lover, Frank Dietzel, were now over. The HVA had been disbanded. Documents uncovered from their files revealed that Gabrielle had been passing secrets to the East from 1977 until the collapse of communism in 1989. She had handed over 1,500 documents, more than any other source in her position. But at her trial, all she could think of was Dietzel. They were constantly talking about espionage, and I didn't care shit about that. I always said, but did you know him? What was he like? And did he love me? I, I'm sorry, I always wanted to know, did he, did he have some feelings for me? Or 
was at all just a lie. I really want to know. If something like that happens to you, you tend to question yourself what is true and what is not true and what part is real and what part is imagined and what part is a story and what part is a fiction. And you go absolutely insane because you just feel like you are disintegrating bit by bit by bit by bit. Memories were false. Everything you lived for was kind of taken away. <laughs> you have practically no identity. We were people, and they destroyed us on, in every level. As the Cold War was now over, Gabrielle received a two-year suspended sentence. The men who ran the operation from Berlin were not even put on trial, as they were deemed to have been doing their job. I think it's so devastating that some shit, stupid assholes, I'm sorry, whom I don't know from a hole in the ground, sit in some stupid shit office in East Germany, picking people, women, out, you know, like, like, like uh, animals for testing, and saying, okay, we are going to destroy her life. Today, Margaret Herker lives alone in her parents' old house. After her release from prison, she had nowhere to go but the place she had left 30 years earlier in search of an exciting life in Bonn. She has not seen Franz Becker since her arrest. He is now seriously ill. It seems to me that he now has to live with himself, and that must be hard enough. But I think I've worked through a lot of this. This is his issue now. I don't have any feelings of hatred. The relationship was a huge part of my life. It did have a purpose and a meaning for me. So in that respect, these were not wasted years. Gabrielle Kleem now lives alone in Holland with her 13 dogs. There is little sympathy for the plight of Gabrielle and Margaret from the men who benefited from the secrets they gave. We never abused women. We saw it as a legitimate method, a method which was justified by the very real threat posed by the Cold War. If we're talking about the brutality of secret services, if you show me this broken heart, well, then I can show you much, much worse. Look back through history, and a few broken hearts look like nothing. Whichever way you look at it, espionage is a dirty business, but it's necessary. There is always a point where you want to know more from someone than he's prepared to reveal. And to get at this information, you use all the means at your disposal. And because the human being is always the weakest link in the chain, you use this weakness to your own advantage. C'est la vie. If it hadn't been the Romeo for this poor woman, there would be 10 years of a happy life maybe missing. I don't think there was a too big human cost to it, because it, it goes into the, in the general mixture of human fate and, and human happiness and unhappiness. Some of them are probably very happy with their Romeos. Gabrielle's Romeo lover died several years ago. He may have deceived her to keep her spying, but to this day, she has not let go. If he would walk into my life, like I remember him. I'm terribly afraid that I would fall in love with him again. And because of, I'm now um, alone again, totally alone, a very big part of me would say, yes, that I loved you and you filled a void in me which nobody ever could or would or will again. And why don't we just move on from there? <laughs>
God, and live for once together. Thanks for listening to Timeline Tapes. That's it for Sexpionage, the lovers of East German Romeo spies. We're back next week with a documentary on the real life of Jesus Christ. In the meantime, if you can't wait to learn more, just head to our YouTube channel, where we have hundreds of documentaries you can watch. If you want to reach out to Timeline Tapes, you can email us at timeline at little.studios.com, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Those are both at TimelineWH. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and write a review, too. I've been Nate Fisher. This has been Timeline Tapes. Let's go down in history together. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.